0: Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star Sports podcast presented by First Federal. It's Friday, August 19th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. The college football openers are a week away, but the sport continues to make news off the field. Earlier this week, the Big Ten announced a monster new TV deal worth about a billion annually to the league. What does this mean for college sports and the Big 12? Beat writer Kellis Robinette and I discuss. We also get into legal sports wagering. Kansas announced a launch date, September 1st. I asked Kellis about his favorite wagers, and we talk about our preseason top 25 votes and a Kansas State football commitment flip. Okay, let's get started. Kellis, it's been a while since you and I chatted. It may have been all the way back at Big 12 Media Days in Arlington. I'm not sure we had a conversation since then,
1: so good to see you and good to catch up with you. Yeah, and it's a good time to uh, get this thing rolling again. Football's right around the corner. Yeah, it is. Uh, no games this weekend, but the
0: following weekend there are games, uh, not involving our teams yet, but uh, less than two weeks away for kickoff for K State, for KU, and and all the colleges. So really looking forward to it. The traditional Labor Day uh, college football opening day. I like that about college football. It has a uh, its opening weekend is, a, is around a holiday, so college football's taking advantage of that to have games. Thursday through Monday that week, and uh, and that's pretty cool.
1: All yeah, right, and then they then they seed the stage the NFL, but yeah, that's opening. right. They get they get their
0: one week of uh, non NFL competition, so they have it all to themselves. Um, but we, we will talk about we'll break down fortunes and projections uh, next week, and uh, certainly at a future show. But today, I wanted to. You know, as we've done in the past, uh, call it uh, this week in realignment. And even though no team changed uh, conferences this week, there was big, big news out of the Big Ten with the signing of a new deal, new television contract. And it's significant for a few reasons. One, the enormity of the amount of money. Um, I've seen a couple figures, but let's call it eight billion dollars for the, the rights to Big Ten sports, big t- uh, football, men's basketball, women's basketball, just about anything that Fox, NBC, and CBS want. And that's going to take it through, I think the contract is through the 29-30 school year. And um, again, like I said, on Fox, NBC, CBS, and so that means for the first time, ESPN is not going to be part of Big Ten coverage. The money... Uh, places the in terms of annual distribution to its teams, the Big Ten, uh, the value of the Big Ten contract is 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 fourth among all, it's first in college sports but fourth in uh, sports in general behind uh, the NFL, the NBA and Major League Baseball and ahead of the NHL and the SEC. So incredible amount of money. Certainly, uh, this was the the Big Ten had an idea about its value when it got USC and UCLA out of the Pac-12. But what uh, what can we say about the news this week that Kevin Warren, the commissioner, landed this big of a
1: deal, and and how might it impact the Big Twelve? Yeah, well, the numbers are kind of mind-boggling. I uh, chuckled a little bit today. I saw um, CBS and the Champions League Soccer announced that they had. Uh, Renewed their rights in the United States for all of one and a half billion over about the same time frame. So you're looking at uh, something as big as Champions League soccer, which is popular worldwide, being worth but a fraction of what uh, Big Ten sports is over that time frame. Um, and yeah, I mean, the, I, I suppose the, uh, the that's the biggest news there, is just that they were able to get that kind of money. They were they were able to um, sprint past the SEC in that regard. And I guess the the big well the two the two other big takeaways I have, were well, one is that people are saying the Big Ten's still going to keep looking to expand maybe down the down the road and make even more money. Um, if that happens, then I wonder who do they who do they look at? Do they people have said you know the Pac-12 schools like Stanford, Cal, Washington, Oregon? I wonder if they're truly making more money than the SEC. Could they go into there and take some of their schools? Um, I mean, just thinking outside the box. You know, people have said maybe Texas, Missouri's always wanted in there. Total speculation here, but what if uh, Kansas and Missouri went together? Something like that. Um, A lot of possibilities there, but from a Big 12 perspective, I would say in the short term, it's a good thing because the leagues that the Big 10 partnered with are um, a little bit more obscure in the college sports game, right? Um, There's not a single, uh, you know, ESPN isn't involved, and that's the biggest school, that's the biggest network out there that televises games around the clock so that yeah it's you know great for them they got fox cbs and nbc but now espn is going to have to put something else in those uh, time slots where they used to televise big 10 games so where are they going to look for that um you know probably the pac-12 and probably the big 10 they're going to have more money to spend on it so um if you're a uh, big 12 commissioner brett yormack i think you probably have to take that as good news down the line you could probably negotiate a little bit more money at espn get a little bit more exposure Um, out of uh, their next future contract. Because had ESPN pointed up a bunch of money? um, You know, I think they still would have been interested in the Big 12. Um, Maybe just not quite – they might – just might not have been as aggressive. Um, And there's really no guarantee that CBS or NBC would have wanted to come and and bid on Big 12 rights. But there's always going to be ESPN. They were always going to be one of them. They're always going to want a piece of the Big 12. No doubt. Um, The
0: I read – just this morning, we're recording this on Friday morning, and there was a tweet by you know a college sports reporter who I respect, respect Brett McMurphy, who works for Stadium, and he said that Kevin Warren, the Big Ten commissioner, was interviewed on HBO's uh, Real Sports and said that ultimately he thinks the Big Ten is going to get to twenty members, and that will increase the the value of the media contract. So. Yeah, let the speculation continue now about who's next to go into the Big Ten. I agree with you that um, the, the 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 need for the Big Ten would be to give the the LA schools some West Coast travel partners because that's been the big blowback of of um, uh, about the move, just how the distance that uh, that needs to be covered for UCLA and USC to to travel, and you know it's such a concern that the University of California Regents, of which UCLA, of course, is a member of the California system, you know, they're meeting and suggesting that uh, um, let's let you basically having athletics defend the move and uh, asserting the, you know, the, the the power of the chain of command, I guess, and saying UCLA didn't have the right to unilaterally make this decision without consulting with the Regents. Look, UCLA is ultimately going to be in the Big Ten. There's no doubt about it. But Um, uh, but the the board of regents in California, not very happy with the Bruins for making this move Um, really make a good point about you, about ESPN and how this uh, might affect big 12 PAC 12. Yes. ESPN wants, you know, they're going to be without big 10 football. What do they replace it with in the windows in which, you know, the ESPN operated and you know i just remember 11, 11 a.m. kickoffs in you know with with big 10 games which usually it was usually the northwestern illinois game or something like that but all of a sudden that window is available now the 11 a.m. ESPN window they had big <clears throat> big 10 games on throughout the day they're going to need more inventory and yeah uh, i i think they they become a, a player in a bigger way for the big 12 and and the Pac 12 which you know Leads to the idea: if the Big Ten isn't in a poaching mood in the next couple of years, that the Pac-12 just may survive this um, this uh, LA schools leaving, and um, and we'll see. I mean, we'll see if Washington, Oregon, Stanford, Cal, the corner schools, as they're they're called, will remain together. I don't think the Big Twelve is going to stop looking and recruiting and going after schools in the Pac-12, the corner schools, but we haven't heard anything on that
1: front lately, have we, Callis? Um, no, that's died yeah. down quite a bit, and I think that's more than anything just because, um, you know, people have been sitting back and wanting to see what happens with the Big Ten's deal. Though I did see that Brett Yormack um, was interviewed by um, the Lubbock newspaper yesterday while he was out at Texas Tech on a tour, and he um, he said while he was out there that, uh, you know, expansion was still Still uh, something they were looking at. He thought the Big 12 was uh, not going to be stagnant in that area. So that shows that at least it's, uh, you know, a possibility. And I, I think that, you know, we'll find out a lot, probably not quickly, but within the next year about what might happen with any Pac-12 schools, potentially joining the Big 12. Um, if they can't secure a, a, a deal that they like from, the, from ESPN or Fox moving forward, or if they have to bend, uh, bend over backward too much for, for Washington and Oregon, like schools in our neck of the woods have had to do for Texas and Oklahoma over the years, maybe that becomes a, a viable play. The thing that still interests me about it is um, the Big 12, I think, is in a little bit better position of strength there because when they're dealing with television networks, they have the ability to, like you said, Fill a lot more windows than the Pac-12 does because um, no Pac-12 school is willingly going to be playing their games at uh, you know noon Eastern time, um, but there are plenty <laughs> of
0: teams nine a.m. Uh, bre- <laughs> bref- breakfast in Pullman,
1: <clears throat> right? right, right. <laughs> you know they can talk all they want about you know they got their their late night uh, you know ten o'clock Eastern time games, um, but I think there's a scenario where the Big Twelve could cover all those windows you've got, uh, especially with central Florida, West Virginia, Cincinnati. um, Yeah. Cincinnati. And nobody, I mean, people here, you know, don't love the 11 a.m. kicks, but a a few every year is no big deal. So they could fill, you know, that uh, Illinois Northwestern time slot that everybody has uh, grown so accustomed to in the big 10 at 11 a.m. And I, they've already got BYU out West. If they could add, even if it's just Colorado, Arizona, it doesn't necessarily have to be on the West coast. Even if you could add one or two schools in the mountain time zone, um, all of a sudden you're giving opening up some windows in those late uh, you know, those late game territories. And I think the Big 12 could be the conference that has uh you know games on all day, um, whereas the big Pac-12 couldn't. So I, I think that's an advantage both in realignment and in TV negotiations. Yeah. Um w- one one more <clears throat> aspect of the,
0: the new Big Ten network before we leave the topic. Basketball, um, all of a sudden, uh, Big Ten basketball not going to be seen on ESPN. I forgot what night of the week Big Ten was. That Tuesdays they had um, Super Tuesday. Tuesday. They, they Super Tuesday? That's that's mm-hmm. a loss. Uh, not having your basketball on ESPN. Uh, Big Ten basketball is going to have to find uh, an audience. It's already on the most of the games are on the Big Ten Network, but um, you know CBS is going to do the conference tournaments, but. The streaming services, FS1 and Peacock, will take Big Ten basketball games as well. And <clears throat> just going to be more difficult to find. And I think it'll, for at least initially, kind of lower the profile of the Big Ten. You're not going to, you know, having ESPN in your corner for basketball with all the promotion and um, the exposure is is a great thing, as the Big 12 has learned over the years, I think the Big Twelve has benefited greatly by its Big Monday time slot and having ESPN, you know, lead into the games uh, that they do. And so <clears throat> that's something the Big Ten is going to lose. And um, and maybe maybe that's only significant to people who live in our part of the country, where you know there's just certain markets where college basketball is so important. Um, I, I you know if it were the Big Twelve, I would hate to see them. Lose an ESPN Big Monday slot if it ever came to that.
1: No, I agree. I think there's um, a, a value to you know turning on ESPN at a certain time of the week and just knowing that there's going to be a game from your conference on TV, um, and that's something the Big Ten's going to lose. And you know, I think they'll be fine <laughs> with the money they got, but it is a trade-off. I mean, you, people are starting to get used to it. But you saw when when uh, the Big Twelve started to move a lot of their basketball games to ESPN Plus. Um at first people didn't like it. It wasn't right there on ESPN anymore. Um, and uh, they are getting used to it, but definitely the big the big Monday time slot, just knowing that there's gonna be something on, even if it's not your teams, hey, I can check out what's going on in the rest of the conference. It's an advantage. And plus, you know, if you're affiliated with ESPN, they're gonna show you on SportsCenter. Center, they're gonna be more inclined to send college game day to your campus. Um, I am interested to see, like in the future, if if there's a Ohio State, Michigan game that is of interest. Um, does ESPN, you know, kind of, uh, intentionally not go there just cause they're not affiliated with the big 10 anymore. Um, and even though it doesn't, uh, you know, it doesn't necessarily hurt their bottom line, it does hurt their exposure and, uh, that'll be interesting to monitor.
0: All right. Um, let's take a break, Calvus. we got a couple other topics I want to hit uh, when we come back, including the latest, uh, kind of some newsy things that happened this week. Um, sports wagering is coming to the state of Kansas and we have a launch date and, The AP Top 25 came out. Where did Kansas State show up in the poll? We'll be right back. Go to kansascity.com and drop down to the bottom of the page where it says start a subscription for more information. Your support has never been more important. As always, thanks for reading and listening. We're back on Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Stars sports podcast. And we're talking with Kellis Robinette, talking college sports. And the. Some news in uh, locally this week, Calis, just um, this Friday, we learned the launch date of sports wagering in Kansas. The date is September 1st. You're supposed to be able to walk into one of the four casinos in the state, including one at the Hollywood Casino at the Kansas Speedway, and place a wager on sports legally. How about that? So yeah, that is, are changing. Times, they are a changing indeed. There's already, there's 30 plus states. Kansas became the latest to um, legalize sports betting in um, in its state. It's a state law now after the Supreme Court struck down the, the federal law back in uh, 2018. So Kansas has it. The neighboring states, some of, most of the neighboring states do not. Um, we know Missouri doesn't. Uh, Nebraska does not. Uh, Oklahoma does not. I don't think it's in Colorado. I could be wrong. I don't know about
1: Colorado. I think it is in Colorado. Actually, okay. I know. I, I got a buddy of mine who went out there the summer, and uh, he said he signed up for an app, and as soon as he crossed the border, he was he it was, was twenty bucks on who he thought was going to win the college football national title and stuff. So there we go. Unless he totally lied to me, I think it's I think it's allowed out there. All right, very good.
0: Um, well, so my question to you is: uh, first of all. Where
1: does your first 20 go? <laughs> that is a great question. Um my shoot I got to figure out what uh, what what app to use first, right? Uh oh, That's if right. You my, if you look on Twitter right now there's like five competing ones that are just totally up in the ads. Um so I got to figure out which one I want to do. Um I don't know, I would probably let's see so the first games you would bet on would be that September eighth, right? They would have to be after September eighth. Yeah, well, September first is the launch date, but I
0: think there there seems to be a little more of a suggestion that it could be a few days later, as late as September eighth. But that includes, okay. let's just say for the for the sake of argument, let's not include the first weekend of college football, but the second weekend, and that is that is the first weekend of the NFL. So um, let's let's say if if you wanted to place an early bet, what
1: do you what do you feeling right now? What am I feeling? Um, you know, I'd maybe go uh, – I'd maybe find a game with a really high over uh, and go under on it. I feel like the, the first – those first couple of weeks of the season, people are still trying to figure things out. Um, and we've seen it before when, when teams are expecting to be really good and just get out there and they haven't worked everything out yet. They don't score a whole lot of points. You yeah, you remember Clemson, Georgia last year? You Everybody thought it was going to be a terrible, game. amazing thing. It was like 10-3 or 7-3. Um, yep. <laughs> I mean, hey, those two teams had great defenses, but um, uh, if they'd have met later in the season, I think it would have been a little higher scoring. So that's kind of maybe where I'm thinking, find a game with an unusually high over under and just say, no, I'm going to think that these teams slog it out and go under. Um, I'd have to look at the actual schedule, but that would be my tip. You know, what I, I – I've made a
0: few legal wagers in Nevada over the, you know, over the years. And my, my, first of all, my first favorite bet is a you know season victory over under, but that's not going to be available in Kansas because the college football season will have started. Maybe mm-hmm. it happens in time for the NFL. So that's always something to keep an eye on. There was a stretch of like Andy Reid's first seven years with the chiefs. They, they beat the
1: over each time, which is pretty amazing. Um, I would I would say if, uh, if if it was allowed I would uh, I would think long and hard about betting the over on both the the Kansas schools this season the the numbers seem awful low six and a half for K- for Kansas State um, I I think they're looking more at I think their over under is more more in the neighborhood of eight in Kansas only two and a half they won two games last year they got a lot of teams back the schedule isn't all that hard you know I think they could win three games I think uh, I think if if you could figure out a way to put, get those in, I would be uh, intrigued on those two. I'd go over on both of those as
0: well. And, and I, don't, I don't think that's, you know, local optimism here. I, I just, re, I agree with you. I, I think the nation is underestimating Kansas state and, uh, and, and listen, you always hear about people betting streaks and Kansas hasn't won more than three games in a season since 2008. How can you think they're going to, you know, they're going to win as many or more, but, um, I just think this is the best coach they've had, Lance Leipold, since um, since Mark Mangino, and that I, so that is, th- is my, the basis of my confidence in betting Kansas at the over in in terms of victory total. Um, one thing, let me get a quick thought from you, Kellis, on soccer. You're you're a soccer guy, soccer fan. How would you bet a soccer game? What do you bet goals or just straight up? Uh, you know, is it money line? You just bet who wins or loses. How does how does it work in
1: soccer? Um, I, it's been a it's been a minute since I've bet on the <laughs> soccer game, but I was in Las Vegas once when I think the Champions League was going on, and I bet on a game. And I believe uh, it's a lot like um, you know any other sport that you can bet straight up. You can bet with a spread. A lot of times, the spread is just you know minus half a goal or something, minus a goal and a half, one way or the other. Um, I don't think you're ever going to find anything unless it's a super lopsided game. That's like where you're getting three or four goals or something like that. Um, but I'm pretty sure you, it's all the same. You can, you can bet line, you can bet straight up, you can bet, um, you can bet over under. Um, I think there are even prop bets where you can say who bets a goal, who scores first, stuff like that. Um, but it's been, I mean, this was shoot. This is my bachelor party when I was doing this. So <laughs> talking, we're talking 14 years ago. <laughs> I might need a little refresher. <laughs> well, the, re- the
0: reason I bring it up is, of course, Sporting Kansas City is the state of Kansas's professional sports, major league sports team. And, Um, And there will be uh, interest in, in, you know, wagering on sporting KC games and they're having a terrible season. They're worse under Peter Vermees at this point, but, uh, uh, but anyway, with, with, with all the soccer attention, that's going to come to Kansas city with the world cup in 2026 and the world cup yet to be played this year. I I just think we'll see uh, people interested in that sport in a way that maybe they haven't been, you know, having a wagering interest and, I think that's I think we're going to see uh in, in our little corner of the world here, K- the state of Kansas and in Kansas City, um, just an overall interest in sports. It was um, and I just had talking to a buddy about this yesterday, said, uh, if you're old enough to remember when fantasy sports became such a big thing, uh, that it, it did change the interest and accelerated the interest in baseball and other sports. Um, maybe legalized wagering now in more than 30 states, and it's going to be more. Um, I don't think California's on board yet, and you know, it, uh, that's going to, you know, all bring people into sports interests that maybe haven't been. Uh, and, and and so, and of course, everything that comes with it too. The, um, you know, there the, the, the need to be guidelines and, and safety measures as well. But um, I, I do think we're at the kind of at the doorstep of a uh, of a you know, a new interest in, in sports, a different type of interest in sports, uh, kind of an exciting time. Okay. Um, let's uh, the top 25, the AP top 25 out this week, big 12 represented by Baylor can uh, Oklahoma state and Oklahoma, not in that order. I think Oklahoma is in the top 10 and, um, uh, and then, and then it goes, those are the three big 12 schools. But new Big 12 schools take up the last three spots. And I don't remember the order, but BYU, Houston, and Cincinnati are part of that. Central Florida, along with Kansas State, uh, are receiving votes. Um, Ketlis, I believe you have a a vote in the poll this year, and I do too. So this is a conversation between the lone Kansas voter and – I don't know if I'm the lone Missouri guy, but if I'm not, I'm one of two – where did you have Kansas State or did you have K-State in your top
1: 25? Well, you are uh, much more of a uh, hero in e land than I am right now because you voted Kansas State in your top 25. I did. I did not. Um, where did you have them ranked? 20, I am 25th. 25, okay. I uh, thought about ranking Kansas State. They were definitely one of my last teams out. Um, but, uh, the more I kind of looked at it, there are just a few teams. I liked a little bit better preseason. If it was a top 30, I would have had Kansas state. Um, they came in unofficially if you just go by the votes. They got there number 38. So 14 spots, uh, sorry, 13 spots outside the poll. I think I looked online. It's, uh, kind of funny. They're also ranked 38, in, uh, ESPN's SB plus preseason poll. So, uh, perfect, uh, harmony right there. Um, I think Kansas State definitely could surprise and get in there awful quick, especially if they win their first two games with that second one coming against Missouri. Um, but yeah, for the, for for right now, they're just a, a little bit on the outside.
0: Well, and, and look, there are, I don't think there's a heck of a lot of difference in teams ranked in the final five of the top no. 20. Might even, listen, might, it might even go deeper than that, maybe final eight or nine. And then the first 10 or 15 outside the top 25, these are all... Schools that you think are going to finish somewhere in the eight and four, seven, five, eight and four, nine and three range of the regular season. Um, and I definitely think Kansas State is going to be one of those types of teams with an outside shot of finishing in the top two and playing in the Big 12 championship game. This is just one of those instances where I listen, I can't, I couldn't tell you the difference right now between Kansas State and I don't know, Kentucky or Miami
1: or any of those. But what I well, do, and the transfer game makes it so hard too. I mean, you look at the Big Twelve. Look at all these transfers coming in. Like, how good is Quinn Ewers going to be at Texas? Is he a number one ranked recruit, or is he still learning? Is Adrian Martinez going to be the best of what we saw at Nebraska, or the worst? Is JT Daniels good at West Virginia? I don't know, but all these teams have got all these guys. Oklahoma for crying out loud, right? Dylan right. uh Dylan Gabriel has a brand new transfer quarterback. You know. If, If these guys come in and light the world on fire, then yeah, these teams are going to be great. Um, But if not, it's just such a wild card. That's what makes it interesting. I I agree with you from the spots, 20 to like 45. I wouldn't really disagree with you one way or the other, any, on any of those teams right now.
0: Yeah. And and I just wanted to use the, my vote to at least, I I didn't know if Kansas state was going to get any votes, but I think they deserved to be in, you know, in the, you know, in, in, in the first, in the preseason top 25, you usually have about 50 schools. I didn't count them, but about 50 schools that get a vote or so, something like that. I don't know how deep it drops, 45 to 50. 48 this year. Okay, 48. I, I thought Kansas State should be represented on that list. And, you know, if I if I sacrificed, uh, I don't know, uh, Wake Forest, or actually I had Wake Forest in my top 25, but I, I name a school, uh, I was okay with that. I just thought they deserved to have some kind of recognition in the top 25 now it's a fluid obviously a fluid poll and and teams will lose and 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 drop and but I actually don't think Kansas State's going to lose early I think they're going to win those home games uh early on so
1: oh I I agree um and one thing we've seen every single season under Chris Kleiman interestingly is um by the end of non-conference play he's had well, for, by the end or the very start of conference play, he's had Kansas state ranked um, every season he's been at Kansas state. Um, they just haven't finished that way. So it's interesting. They always seem to have these pretty good starts, get everybody believing and they kind of teeter off a little bit before they uh, figure it out late. So interesting.
0: Something All right. Let's like, stay on. You cover these guys on a daily basis. Let, let's stay on Kansas state. Like I and like I said earlier, we're going to get into it in a much bigger way before the season starts, but um, a few weeks ago um they were rolling along in, in in recruit football recruiting and commitments and it was just like one piece of good news after another. and then all of a sudden one of their one of their guys uh reopened his recruiting one of their commitments and one of their bigger names was the Dylan Edwards, the running back from Wichita and flipped to Notre Dame. what's the what's the story behind that callous?
1: Uh, well, there, there's a lot that goes has gone into it. Um, basically, the the long story short is he um, he got an offer from Notre Dame that he did not have when he originally committed to Kansas State. Um, thought it was too good to ignore. Wanted to check it out. Um, thought the idea of playing at you know a traditional power like Notre Dame was maybe a little bit cooler than coming to Kansas State. Um, And he got offered actually um, at a uh, Under Armour camp in Florida, I believe, a Notre Dame uh, recruiter was out there, saw him run a 40-yard dash and almost 4.3 seconds flat flat, and said, um, man, that's fast. We should offer you a scholarship. Um, And he thought enough of it that he went on a visit, loved it, decommitted almost immediately, and then the next weekend flipped his commitment to uh, Notre Dame. And uh, that, unfortunately, is just one of the things that can happen when you're recruiting, um, you know, big-time college football players. Um, it doesn't happen a lot in this state because a lot of the times, you know, you're just dealing with three-star players. Who Once they commit to Kansas State, there's not a whole lot of other attention to them. Nobody coming into Kansas to check them out. They, they honor their commitment. They stay here. It's happened before. I remember a, a center alignment um, when Snyder was around, flipped to Texas at, like, the very last minute. Um, but there's not been a lot of other high-profile players leaving Kansas State to go to, like, a blue blood. I think they lost a player to LSU a few years ago, but it's pretty rare. Um, but it's going to happen more and more now that you've got a coach like Chris Kleiman who who wants to recruit the best players, tries to recruit the best players, and, um, you know, was able to, at least for a little while, um, have Dylan Edwards committed. The, the interesting thing with him is just I I never got the vibe, even, even at his uh, – Announcement ceremony when he said there's no way he was going to decommit, there's no way he was ever going to transfer. He was, you know, K State through and through. I, I always kind of got the sense that he was kind of settling on the Wildcats. I, I wasn't under the impression that he wanted to go to Oklahoma, um, but the week before he committed, they they loaded up on running backs. They didn't have any more spots for him um, at that time. Um, Kansas State it was Kansas State was rumored to really be getting involved with um, with John Randall Jr. A four, another four-star running back in in, uh, in Wichita, and there's kind of some thought that, well, if uh, Dylan Edwards didn't hurry up and commit, he might lose a spot to Kansas State, too. So, not that he wouldn't have been good at Kansas State or didn't want to come play for the Wildcats, but I think he maybe felt a little bit rushed there and that I better just go ahead and, um, you know, get my spot saved here. Um, and had Notre Dame not come along, he probably would have still been at, at K-State, but He's he's also a guy who really likes attention. He he loves getting shout-outs on Twitter. He loves being um, you know, there had been some debate. Some websites had him as a three-star guy, some some websites had him as a four-star guy. I know his family didn't really love it if you were a reporter and you referred to the the rankings that had him as a three-star guy. Um, so. You know, it's just one of those things where he he was always looking for something a little bit better. And when Notre Dame comes along, sometimes it's hard to say no. So that's where he is. Hey,
0: look, he's I'm I'm sure eighteen or so. You know, he's a teenager. Uh, no, uh, you, you get no um, judgment from from me on the you know, decision making process of of a teenager. So look, good luck to him. And I think it's always been in my lifetime of covering college sports it's always been important it seems like it's always been important to maintain a good relationship with somebody who may have you know made a different decision that you know your school didn't like just to you know if it doesn't work out for them at Notre Dame and Kansas State has absolutely been the beneficiary of some rebounds uh, you know over the years um transfers that have come back maybe kids from the state or just you know lost a difficult recruiting battle and they they come back to Kansas State to finish their career and thrive there. So uh, I'm sure that'll be the case here as well. Um, all right, Calis, great conversation. It was terrific catching up with you, and we'll do it again soon and get into the, um, uh, the, the, the prognostication of the Wildcats this year, and I'll see if I can't defend my top 25 position for these cats to you. So, buddy, we'll do it again soon.
1: All right, anytime, Blair.
0: That'll do it for today and this week on Sportsbeat KC. Thanks to our production team of Randy Mason, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. Salute to our sponsor, First Federal Bank. Their website is ffbkc.com. And a tip of the cap to Callis Robinette for sharing his insights. Morning Sports Edition was 30 pages today. There were several stories about the legal sports wagering launch date in Kansas. Plus stories and columns from NFL training camps. Check it out at liveedition.kansascity.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon with another Sports Beat KC.